0: I want you to go ahead and turn your Bibles today to the book of Acts, chapter number 1. And in just a few minutes, we're going to uh, talk about the power... Of unity. So I, I want you to, if you're joining by uh, Facebook, please hit the like button, hit share, gather your family, and get ready to receive the Word of God today. I want to bless you, I want to just encourage you today. And those of you that are in the house, amen. We're talking about what happens when people of God come together, what happens when we come together in unity. And uh, I trust it'll be a blessing to you today. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I mean, who knew? I mean, just a few, seems like just a few weeks, it's been a month or so now, uh, when all of this started and we weren't able to have church. But you know what? It's been amazing how everybody uh, has found some uh, unique ways to preach the gospel. There's more gospel going out over li- over online, on Facebook, social media. Even more scriptures being posted. More people thinking about the things of God. The church worldwide coming together in unity. Praying against this virus and uh, coming in unity and agreement. And when that happens, supernatural things take place. You know, for so long the enemy has been distracting and deceiving and getting people uh, separated in denominations and families and political groups and trying to divide us. Oh, but I'm telling you what the enemy meant for bad. God is using it to bring the church together, to get people in unity, to get people focused on what really matters. Amen. Amen. No longer are we putting sports first. No longer are we putting, amen, the ball games. No longer are we putting the restaurants and all the things that we've enjoyed doing now. Amen, we're focusing on family, focusing on faith, focusing ourselves, amen, on on, on helping ourselves be better and be healthier. And when we come together for a single purpose, God can do miraculous things. You know, here just a few weeks ago, we began to talk about, as we went into Passover, there the disciples shared the meal. Jesus went into the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed that prayer, not my will, but your will be done. And then he went through a horrible beating, horrible pain and suffering as he put a crown on his head of thorns, nails in his hands. And Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He became the penalty, the substitute for you and I. Satisfying the debt of sin that was owed. The wages of sin is death. Oh, but the gift of God is eternal life. Jesus became the gift of salvation. And then on the third day, we celebrated out in the parking lot, Easter Sunday, where Jesus rose from the dead triumphant. The angel said, he is not here, but he is risen. And then he began to appear to his disciples. He began to appear to Thomas and say, put your finger in the Nail prints. Here touch my side. He began to dispel the doubts and the fears. And he began to bring joy and excitement. But that's not all of the story. Today I want to pick up. For the next 40 days Jesus began to appear and talk and preach and share. But he had a purpose. His purpose they thought. Okay, he's here. He's going to set up his kingdom now. He's going to lead us triumphant. We're going to get victory over the Romans. Amen, we're going to conquer. But that was not the purpose. Jesus had came to die. And now he wasn't coming to set up an earthly kingdom. But he began to talk to them about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is much bigger than any earthly kingdom. It's bigger than any nationality. It's bigger than any gender. It's bigger than any other economic group. It is for the entire universe, the whole world, to them who believe. Amen. Can become part of the kingdom of God. Part of the family of God. A unity of believers. Trusting and believing and standing in faith together. Believing what Jesus said and did. Who He said He was. As Jesus declared, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by Me. And we begin to pray in the name of Jesus. And then Jesus said in Acts chapter 1. There's not Jesus. Uh, This is uh, many say maybe Luke wrote uh, the book of Acts. Uh, Different people say different ones. But uh, here we find the rest of the story. Acts chapter 1 verse 1. In my first book I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up into heaven. After giving his chosen apostles further instructions. How many would like further instructions today? What, are we, what does God want us to do? What is God calling the church to do? What can we do? Amen. I Jesus gives us further instruction. During the 40 days after he suffered and died. He appeared to the apostles from time to time. He proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them. He commanded them. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift. He promised. As I told you before. John baptized with water. But in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus. They kept asking him. Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. And they're not for you to know. But you, everybody say, but you. Come on, that you means you. It's every one of us. Jesus is declaring not just to them that are there. Not just them that are listening. Amen. But them throughout all the generations. He said to all that believe and call on his name. He said, but to you. Somebody shout me. But to you you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, I want you just to picture in your mind Here Jesus has been 40 days since his resurrection talking and teaching and showing himself and uh, proving he's alive. And now, amen, they have gone out and he is teaching them and he tells them, you're going to receive power. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. You're going to be my witnesses. You're going to receive another comforter. You're going to receive an advocate. You're going to receive the promise of the Father. And as he's telling them this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching. Can you imagine? You're standing there, you're talking to Jesus, and all of a sudden, he just begins to rise up. And he goes up and up and up, and they stand and they're watching him. Amen, just kind of like a cat gets higher and higher or a balloon, and finally goes out of sight. He finally went out of their sight, and they're standing there in astonishment. They're standing there amazed. And as they strained to see him rise into heaven, two white robed men, oh, their angels, suddenly stood among them, men of Galilee. Why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven. But someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. I'm telling you, amen, there's a rest of the story. There's following instruction. Amen, Jesus died. He rose again and he went up into heaven. Amen, to be seated at the right hand of the Father, to make intercession. He said, I would go to prepare a place for you. In John 14, he said, don't let your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And they said, Lord, how do we know? Amen. How do we get there? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And they stood there that day, and they watched him go away, and they stood in amazement. King James says, why stand ye here gazing? With your mouth open. Astonished. In shock and disbelief. He said this same Jesus. Come on the same Jesus. That died on the cross. The same Jesus. That rose on the third day. The same Jesus. Amen that has prepared a place for you and I. The same Jesus is coming again. uh, And he's coming this time. Not on a donkey. But on a white horse. To declare victory. Hallelujah. He's coming again. But until that time, he has a purpose for the church. We're not just here to have service. We're not just here to gather together. Amen. We're not a social club. Amen. The church is not within these four walls. We have found out in the last month or so. Amen. The church is still the church wherever we go. Amen. We're not just stuck within the four walls. We've been out doing the work in Walmart. Amen. We've been doing the work in Lowe's and Home Depot. We've been doing the work in our front yards, on the internet. We've been preaching and declaring the gospel, the good news that Jesus Saves his blood Washes whiter than snow uh, And he's coming again The same Jesus Is going to someday Return Why stand you here gazing Why are you in shock and amazed For Jesus had already Told them Go to Jerusalem Tarry Wait on the promise of the father And so we pick up in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 1. They had all gone back to Jerusalem. They had uh, got together in the upper room. It gives us a, a statement of who all was there. And uh, the, uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. Amen. She saw her son crucified and die. Amen. And she was heartbroken. But she knew because she had had a promise. Amen. This that is within you. Amen. is going to be the Savior of the world. She watched him die. Oh, but she appeared, he appeared to her also. Amen. She saw him alive and well. She was there when he raised up into the heavens and she was there on the day of Pentecost. And when the Holy Spirit came, she was baptized, Amen, with all the other believers. He gave a list of all that were there, about a hundred and twenty. Now, I don't exactly know why. There was over five hundred. There when Jesus told them to go and tarry. But for some reason, 380 had better things to do. For some reason, maybe they didn't believe. Maybe they, uh, I don't know why, but only 120 were there in the upper room that day. Amen. And all the Bible says, uh, I want us to just read it. Oh, chapter 2, verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Amen, I love how King James says, they were in one mind and one accord. They were in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like a roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Oh, I'm telling you, amen. Jesus, He declared it. He promised them. He said it's important. It's necessary. I go away. If I stay here, I can be with you. We can be, I can be with you one on one. But if I go away, I'll send you another comforter, another advocate, another divine anointed part of the Trinity that can come and can infill you and can be with you, can be with all of the believers wherever you go. He will empower you. He will lead you. He'll guide you. He'll reveal Scripture to you. He'll give you power. Not only to speak in other languages. Amen. But to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. To cast out devils. uh, To declare the good news of the gospel. He'll give you boldness. Uh, I'm telling you in this generation. We need a new boldness. To come upon the church. That we're not afraid to speak the good news. uh, Amen. Jesus saves uh, And his blood washes whiter than snow. Jesus is the only way to heaven. We need to get boldness back in the pulpits and in the church, and we need to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. What happens when we come together in unity? You see, even the disciples, when Jesus was taken, they were dispersed. They were afraid. They were in quarantine. They hid themselves. They locked themselves behind doors. They were separated. They weren't together. They weren't in unity. They weren't in faith. They were living in fear. But then Jesus rose again. And he declared to all of them, let's come back together. Let's meet back together. And Peter. You see, Peter He was that disciple that kept sticking his foot in his mouth. I love Peter. I'm glad Peter's in the Bible because I relate to Peter. Constantly getting in trouble. Constantly doing the wrong thing. Jesus constantly having to fix his mistakes. And Jesus told him, you're going to deny me. And Peter declared, Lord, I'll never deny you. But we know the story. Peter denied Christ. Jesus turned and looked at him. His heart was broken. He ran out. He wept bitterly. He thought he was done. I can't be used of God anymore. He doesn't love me anymore. He's mad at me. The last time I saw him, I denied him. He doesn't want to see me. But I'm telling you, when Jesus rose from the dead, He said, tell my disciples and Peter. Today, it doesn't matter what you've done, how far you've gone into sin, how disobedient you've been, if you've denied Him, if you've turned your back on Him, He still loves you. He's calling your name today. He's speaking your name. And He's saying, Come, I want to have fellowship with you. I've got something bigger for you. When Peter came, Oh, I was there. Me and Amy were right there on the shore. Right there. Oh, at the rock. Where Jesus sat and asked Peter and gave him three chances. He denied him three times. And he asked him three times, Peter, do you love me? I'm telling you, Amen, God always gives us opportunity to make our wrongs right. He's a good, good God. He's a loving God. And he forgave Peter. And he told Peter, come on, I got something bigger and better. Get back in unity. Get back in fellowship. And that day Peter was with the disciples in the upper room. And when the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak in other languages. It was Peter that was baptized. And he spoke in other languages. And he declared the good news of the gospel. And then. Everybody around said man these guys are drunk. Now remember Peter. He couldn't. Accept Christ or say, yes, I'm one of them. In front of a few ladies and girls around a fire. But now with thousands in attendance. It was Peter with new boldness, with new fire, with new zeal baptized in the Holy Spirit that stepped up and said, we're not drunk as you suppose. It's just nine o'clock in the morning. But this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. Amen. Your old middle dream dreams and your young middle see visions. And by my spirit, I'm going to pour out upon all flesh. This is that. And each disciple, each person, begin to speak in the languages of all the people gathered, because Pentecost was a feast, the fifty, and they were gathered from all nations and land to celebrate. You know, God's good God; He's a smart God. Amen. He said, "You know what? I could send these disciples around the world, and it would take a long time. But how about I just gather all the world, every language?" In one place. And I'll just pour my spirit out. And I'll let the disciples. Preach the gospel. In each language. And then those people. The Bible says. Those that believed. And were baptized that day. Was about 3,000. And then they all went back. To their homelands. To their languages. To their families. And they preached the gospel. And immediately. The church was born that day worldwide. Today, the Holy Spirit is pouring Himself out on the church. When we've been in fear. When we've been in quarantine. Amen. When we've been separated and the devil thought he was smart. He thought he was smart when he killed Jesus and he had him in the grave. Oh, but he began to shake and quake. Amen. When the earth shook and the stone rolled away. Amen. When Jesus rose again, his plans amen, were destroyed. I'm telling you what the enemy meant for bad. He thought I can get the church separated. I can get them in Disunity. I can get them in dysfunction. Amen. But because of this, the church is coming back in unity, in power. And we're once again, amen, going to be filled with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be bold to preach the gospel around the world. Once again, the Holy Spirit is pouring Himself out upon His people. We're coming in unity. What does unity mean? The state of being in full agreement. Is anybody today in agreement that Jesus Christ is Lord? Are we in agreement today that Jesus is alive and well? Are we in agreement today that Jesus went to heaven to make a place for us? And are we in agreement that Jesus is coming again to receive the church? He's coming after a blood-washed church that is washed white in the blood of Christ. Amen. Our robes are not wrinkled or spotted by sin. But we are clean, washed empowered amen we're not defeated we're not fearful we're not hiding but we're coming out victorious and when we come together in faith when we come back together in unity when the church worldwide every denomination amen every tongue every language amen when the Baptist and the Methodist and the Presbyterian and the Catholic and the Pentecostals and every believer it doesn't matter what signs above your door if you're in agreement that Jesus Christ is Lord and we can come in agreement. Amen. We shall be endued with power from on high. Filled once again with the boldness of the Holy Ghost and begin to preach the good news. Begin to lay hands on the sick. They'll recover. Begin to speak with new tongues. Begin to speak with a tongue of faith and not fear. A tongue of belief and not doubt. We begin to speak a language. Of the kingdom of God. Declaring Jesus Christ. Is Lord. We come together in full agreement. A condition. Of harmony. Don't you want to be in harmony? A quality of state. Of being made one. You see that was Jesus' prayer. That was his desire. John chapter 17. Jesus is praying. And part of the prayer. He said, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they all will be one. Just as you and I are one, you and may be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I've given them the glory you gave me. Aren't you glad we got the glory that God gave Jesus? Paul oh, remember when he was baptized in water, and the Bible said the spirit of the dove. Amen, the Holy Spirit descended, amen, upon him. Amen. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He went out into the desert. He fasted forty days and nights. He conquered, Amen, the devil. Amen. I that's why he wasn't afraid. Every time he faced sickness and disease and even death, because he had already conquered the devil. Amen. Through prayer and fasting. Amen. And he knew he was defeated in his life. Now Jesus is praying, Lord, let them be one as we're one. The glory that you gave me, I give them. I in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me. And that you love them as much as you love me. Can I tell you this morning, God loves you as much as He loved His Son Jesus. How much does He love you? He loved you so much. He did not withhold His only begotten Son. But He gave Him to die on the cross for your sins. And He said, if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you'll believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. You shall be saved. And you can be at one with the Father. Just as Jesus was. And the Bible says. And by this. They'll know you're my disciples. That you have love. One for another. You see the world. Is not going to know. That we're the church. Unless we rise up. And be the church. Unless we be in unity, unless we be in agreement, unless we walk in faith. Come on, let's not be walking in fear as everyone else. Let's see the truth, have our eyes open to know, amen, what's going on. Knowing that the church is once again coming together. Amen? Amen. Jesus said in John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, the advocate will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. I'm telling you, amen. You know what? When Jesus was there teaching them, he said, when I get back to heaven, when I take my blood, he's already taken his blood and put it on the mercy seat, amen, to forgive our sins. No longer do we have to go Amen. To the priest. No longer did they have to go and offer a sacrifice. No longer did the priest need to take a a, a lamb and offer it on the altar and take his blood and put it on the mercy seat once a year. Amen. When Jesus died, the veil in the temple was rent from top To bottom. It wasn't from man to God, but God ripped it from heaven to earth to make a way that you and I can come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain help in the time of need. Jesus became the sacrifice for our sin. We don't have to offer a lamb. We don't have to wait. For someone to go once a year and make a sacrifice for us. We can come boldly to the throne. And we can make our petitions known. And we can pray. And God hears our prayer. And He loves us. And He's answering that prayer. And He can make you a child of God today. And fill you with the precious Holy Spirit. And empower you to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. Amen. The church is coming together once again. In unity. As the doors are opening. As we're filling the houses. Amen. As we're out there spread out on the internet. Amen. We're declaring. We're coming together in faith and power. What the devil meant for bad. God is working it for our good. And the Holy Spirit is once again about to be poured out upon the nation and the land and the churches. And I want to be a part of it. I want to receive everything God has for me. I'm walking in faith today. How about you? I'm not walking in fear. I'm walking in Psalms 91. Come on. I'm sheltered. I'm protected. I'm under His wings. I'm in His care. I'm in His trust. And Psalm 91 verse 6 and verse 7 says, Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness. Come on, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. We declare today by faith, uh, these evils will not touch us. They're not going to touch my family. Not going to touch my children. Uh, Amen. I'm believing. I'm sheltered. Uh, I'm one. Uh, I'm believing. Uh, I'm trusting in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. It's amazing even they talk about the disease and How it lingers in the darkness, but in the light, in sunlight... It can only live a few seconds or minutes and it's gone. I'm telling you, the devil loves to keep you in darkness. He loves to keep you incubated with disease and fear. But when the light of the glorious gospel, when the light of Jesus Christ, when the light of the power, the anointing of the Holy Ghost shines in your life, that disease, that darkness, that sin, that depression, amen, that addiction... Is shattered in Jesus' name. I'm walking in the light. I'm not in darkness. I'm in the light of Christ. I'm walking in faith and not fear. Can I get a big amen? Come on somebody, clap for joy in the house today. Clap for joy in your home today. You're a child of God. You're empowered by the Holy Ghost. And now the light of His grace is shining upon you.